Welcome to the Shift Gold Friday Gold Wrap, your overview of this week's precious metals news. It's Friday, June 26th. I'm your host, Mike Meharry. Thanks for tuning in. Well, gold finally broke through a key resistance level this week, pushing above 1750 an ounce. We managed an eight-year high on Wednesday when the yellow metal rose to 1779 before we saw some profit-taking. Now, as of this morning, we're still up well over 1% on the week, and we appear to be set for our third straight weekly gain. Now, the main driver, at least according to the pundits, is safe haven demand with an apparent second wave of coronavirus. But I also think more generally, some people in the mainstream are starting to get it, as in get that the economy isn't going to recover tomorrow, and maybe even starting to get that all of this stimulus and money and liquidity that's being pumped into the market could maybe, just possibly, be a little bit problematic down the road. But like I said, we finally breached 1750 an ounce, and we've held that level for about three days now. As I record, gold is trading at about 1764 an ounce. A lot of people who do technical analysis say if we can get through the $1,800 level, it's going to be a, quick, a pretty quick ride up to the uh, record, which is 1900 an ounce. Now, there are some headwinds in the gold market. The dollar picked up a little steam this week, and I think that's also a function of safe haven demand. Um, There's also sluggish demand for gold in Asia, which of course is a huge market for physical gold. And of course, the stock market is still grinding higher, so there's still a lot of people in these risk assets. You know, every time I look at stocks, I think, This is so weird. I mean, given the economic situation, how in the hell is the NASDAQ up on the year? How is the Dow close to where it was before the pandemic? How did the S&P 500 just have its biggest 50-day rally ever? I mean, it's nuts, right? If you go back to late last year and look at the articles on the Shift Gold website, you'll see that I was writing a lot about the stock market bubble, about how equities were way overvalued. This was before the pandemic, right? It looked like the bubble had popped with coronavirus, and we were on the way to deflating the bubble in March. But, I mean, you got to give a lot of credit to the Federal Reserve for being able to pump the air back into the bubble, because make no mistake, this stock market rally is all central bank. It is not reflecting economic reality. This stock market is reflecting money printing, quantitative easing to infinity, uh, the Fed buying bonds, you know, negative real interest rates. That is what the market is reflecting, not the economic realities that surround us. Now, I've said before, there is going to be some recovery. I mean, reopening is going to boost output. People are going to go back to work. But to steal a phrase from Peter Schiff, we're recovering from depression to recession. So we shouldn't be fooled when we see some better economic numbers. It's like if you take a test and you get like a 40% and then you retake it and you get 60%, that's certainly better. But 60% still ain't good. 
Now, while we're on this subject of economic recovery, we got a pretty gloomy report from the International Monetary Fund this week. It downgraded its economic growth forecasts, both for the U.S. and globally. It sees a global contraction of 4.9% this year, and it projected U.S. GDP is going to contract by over 8%. The IMF also said, quote, the recovery is projected to be more gradual than previously forecast. Now, interestingly, the agency also warned about overvalued stocks, saying the disconnect between markets and the real economy raises the risk of another correction in risk asset prices should investor risk appetite fade, posing a threat to the recovery. So it's not just me saying stocks are overvalued and disconnected from the economy. Now, the weekly jobless reports also continue to hint at a much slower recovery than a lot of people are thinking. Weekly unemployment claims came in at 1.5 million last week. That's first-time claims. I don't think I need to tell you that 1.5 million is a really big number. I mean, that's a lot of people getting laid off. First-time claims when the economy is reopening, right? Continuing unemployment claims were at 19.5 million, and of course, that number uh, is a week behind. So let's put these weekly jobless claims into a little bit of context. Since March, so a little less than four months, there have been about 47 million unemployment claims. 47 million. For the entirety of the Great Recession, which was officially 18 months, we had 37 million unemployment claims. So we're 10 million claims above that total number for the 2008 recession in just four months. Now, do you remember how long it took to recover from the 08 recession? So yeah, this is one of the reasons I keep harping on this. There's not going to be a quick bounce back to normal theme because there's not going to be a quick bounce back to normal. Now, like I mentioned at the top of the show, we're starting to see some mainstream bullishness on gold. And I wanted to mention a few things I ran across this week. You know, the interesting thing is, and when you hear this, you'll get it. There are a lot of people that are starting to sound a little bit like Peter Schiff. Now, I mentioned uh, in the podcast last week that Goldman Sachs had upped its 12-month price forecast. It now expects record gold prices within the next year with a $2,000 per ounce projection. What's more interesting is the reason Goldman is bullish on gold, ultra-low interest rates and currency debasement. I guess the Goldman analysts were listening when Jerome Powell said the Fed isn't even thinking about thinking about raising interest rates. You know, I think that the use of the term debasement is interesting. That's a harsh word. Usually when you get these economic kind of forecasts, they'll say inflation or loose monetary policy, you know, kind of kind of euphemisms. But debasement is exactly what the Fed is doing. It's devaluing the dollar. You know, there was a pretty interesting article in the Financial Times, which, of course, is another pretty mainstream platform. And it did a really good job of explaining currency debasement. I'm going to go through a little bit of what they said. The article explains that the Fed is testing whether it can grow its balance sheet tree to the sky. Now, this will lead to a devaluation of the dollar. It said, quote, our government calls this inflation, when in reality, it's devaluation. This devaluation will eventually lead to a loss in faith in the dollar, and people will no more want to hold that fiat currency. 
As a result, people will want to convert their cash wealth to something that they believe in, something that can protect their wealth with something that has intrinsic value and that has provided its worth over decades. Now, of course, that is gold. This is a mainstream article, so you know don't expect to find a call for a return to the gold standard. But for something published by the Economic Times, the conclusion is still pretty radical. Gold should be viewed as a monetary asset, not a commodity. Quote, Given the current economic backdrop where governments are struggling with problems like rising deficits and unsustainable debt, it is indeed logical for gold prices to increase in value. With policymakers continuously debasing currencies, gold will be viewed as the real liquid store of value investment, lending some calm to the chaos. The article goes on to point out that gold will continue to increase in value because it is the only currency with a highly constrained supply. Central banks all over the world are running the printing presses basically 24-7. Quote, when a central bank increases their money supply, the price of other currencies adjusts upward. This is true with all currencies, including gold. Therefore, the one thing against which global currencies are truly perishing is the ultimate form of real monetary asset, i.e. gold. So there you go. But it's not just Goldman, not just the Economic Times extolling the virtues of gold. In a note published Tuesday, Bank of America said gold can hit record highs before the end of 2020 if its rally continues to breach key resistance levels. Meanwhile, SGMC Capital founder and CEO Massimiliano Banduri told Bloomberg he thinks gold may hit close to $2,000 by the end of the year and could rally further due to dollar weakness. This is another theme Peter Schiff has been hitting on. He said it can rally much, much further than here for a number of reasons. First of all, we expect dollar depreciation to continue. So that's likely to benefit gold. This uncertainty overall in the market on the economic environment is just going to keep the price of gold supported as a safe haven. Eventually, there are going to be people starting to worry about inflation. Not now, but probably more down the road. And again, gold is a good hedge for that. Therefore, we can very easily see it close to $2,000 even by year end, and potentially even breaking out more, because dollar depreciation, one it comes is going to have some way to go. So dollar weakness, dollar depreciation, again, something that Peter has been hammering on for months. I'll uh, link to some articles in the show notes page on that. Bonduri also said that there is a major disconnect between the stock market and the actual economy. So, you know, there you go. That's something I've been saying. He said the reason for that is the massive monetary and fiscal stimulus that we are experiencing. And therefore, even though the economic numbers will be appalling this year because of the virus, valuations are likely to anyways remain supported thanks to the very large amount of monetary and fiscal stimulus, the amount of liquidity which is being injected into the system. And overall, just the signals by the central banks and governments that they are always there ready to do more. Banduri reiterated that the market has, quote, gone ahead of itself in terms of valuations. He said there will come a time of reckoning with this. So 
there you go. You hear some of these same themes that we've been talking about being repeated in this main in these mainstream publications. Edison Investment Research is even more bullish, saying gold has the potential to go as high as $3,000. In its gold report, Edison Director Charles Gibson wrote that the Federal Reserve monetary policy is extremely supportive for gold. With the total U.S. monetary base now at $5.1 trillion, and given the close historical correlation between the two, the gold Gold price could very reasonably be expected to rise to $1,892 an ounce and potentially as high as $3,000 an ounce, he wrote. Gibson emphasized the historical correlation between the money base and the price of gold. He said the reason this is significant is because since 1967, the price of gold has shown an extremely strong correlation with the total U.S. monetary base. The more dollars that either are or could be in circulation, the higher the expected gold price. He said that with the Fed engaging in basically QE infinity, essentially unlimited bond buying, the sky is the limit. He said, anecdotally, there is some evidence to suggest that the Fed has already spent close to $2 trillion buying bonds to date, which, all other things being equal, should take the total U.S. monetary base to a record $5.5 trillion and the gold price to over $2,000 an ounce and potentially as high as $3,281 announced, he wrote. So here we are, going mainstream. Now don't worry, given my political views, I'll never be seen as mainstream. But it is interesting to see some of these themes that I've been yammering about for months that Peter's been talking about in the mainstream press this week, even if they are still somewhat understated in my opinion. I mean, I think given the monetary policy, given the extent of economic wreckage left in the wake of COVID-19, given the fact that the economy was already a big, fat, ugly bubble before the pandemic, I don't think it's going out on a limb to think that gold has a long way to run up. I've heard some rumblings in our circles that gold isn't living up to expectations, but keep in mind, investing is a long-term game. The yellow metal was up 18% last year. It's up another 16% already this year. That's nothing to sneeze at. My philosophy is always to look beyond the news of the day. Look at the big picture, the broader dynamics. When you do that, bullishness for gold, I think, is justified. So, to learn more, you can talk to a Shift Gold Precious Metal Specialist. They can actually help you figure out how gold can fit into your investment strategy on a more individual basis. You know, everybody's investing needs are different. And these guys at Shift Gold, they can definitely talk to you and see where gold fits into your portfolio. Give them a call at 1-888-GOLD-160. Shoot them an email at info at shiftgold.com if you want to. Either way, they'll get back with you and, and they can help you out. Uh, as we move forward into these uh, crazy times. So that is a gold wrap for this week. You can get more details on all of these stories and more and keep up with the latest precious metals news and analysis throughout the week at shiftgold.com news. If you haven't done it already, why not? You can subscribe to the Friday Gold Wrap at iTunes. You can do it at Stitcher. You can do it on Google Play. You can subscribe to the Shift Gold YouTube channel. We're there every single week. Notes are on the show notes page. And as always, I really do appreciate you listening to the show, and I hope you have a fantastic week.